What do you want to talk about today, Eric? Same thing we talk about every week, Amir. The fact that freshly cut grass and the smell is a defense mechanism warning the other grass that death is nigh. La 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 la, welcome to the living room. La 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 la, welcome to the living room. Eric's living room. Who's yeah! that? Amir. That's welcome me. to the living room. I am Eric. Amir is here. And I have some update news because we seem to be going back and forth on our updates. Usually one week it's you and your mental health, right. which everyone appreciates. So we're following Amir's uh, just joint therapy and he's really brave and sharing his struggles and the things, the really cool and interesting things that he's doing. Mm. In therapy, like last week, you reminded us that you talked a little Amir, and yeah. was it rating your 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 fears? Yeah, I, we actually talked to my fears. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and that's yeah. One of the things about therapy that I never thought I would say going into therapy is it's kind of fun. <laughs> it is. Oh, your therapist. Play this for your therapist. They're gonna love to hear that. And so this week's my turn, and it's a dating update. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I know nothing about this. <laughs> Yeah, and again, I didn't even finish my sentence, and Amir's reacting. I love this. Okay, so it's been a thing where I've professed my likeness to a girl, and she has accepted said romantic possibilities. And so the other week I shared how I sent flowers and I looked like a psycho stalker. Turns out that the office didn't read my note, Amir. Oh! Yes, I checked But the on one it. person did, obviously. One person yeah. did, but I actually also know this person... And it's another female, and I trust them explicitly. Oh. So um, it's not that bad. It's kind of it's it's becoming better. So last Sunday, I sent a text saying, "Hey, maybe let's get some dinner sometime. Would you be interested in a meal of food, perhaps?" Uh, nothing. Oh. A day goes by, no. nada. Two days go by. Oh hi, where are you? Nowhere. I didn't send any messages. Uh, nothing. I'm it's it's blanks. I'm shooting blanks till Thursday or Wednesday. And then... Well, you're also shooting blanks because you got a physectomy. Yes, so. that's very true. Thank you. And then... So it's Wednesday or Thursday. I'm like, okay, no, don't freak out. It's okay. It's not. And like I said, I got a lot of patience for this, and I do. And so I was like not letting my emotions get away with me. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I'm just going to send her a little note now. And so I sent her this note, and the note said, <laughs> what, so dinner's no good? Well, we can just skip it and make out. Oh, oh! <laughs> I, either way, I hope you have a great week doing kick butt nurse stuff and have a great rest of your week that's and, bold dude and by the way i i have an interview with a, a local media person this week this is what i'm saying still because i'm doing interviews with local media persons which we'll get to sometime eventually too we'll talk about that mm. yeah right i just said it and then nothing for two more oh days my bro God. oh it was that this one was more nerve-wracking i am like, excruciated because of it I can't, like i said that i was like yo let's just make out and, I, and so I'm just like, okay, now I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous, nothing. And then finally, it was Friday or whatever. It was two days later, a day later. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I'm not ghosting you. I promise. Gosh. Blah, blah, blah. I'm really busy. Um, oh. Let's connect after the long weekend. And that's all they said. And I was like, no worries. Awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to you soon. So, I mean... 
Amir in the quick story. We're going to make out, right? Like, I'm going to make out with this girl. I mean, it wasn't a no. She did. She said, let's connect. That was what that was the word. The last message was about you wanting to make out with this person, them saying, let's connect. Connect, right? It's a logical progression <sighs> there. I don't know. So you might be making out with somebody. I hope I get to make out with or her. Or maybe she's just scared you're going to stalk her again. Well, and that's the thing, too. I do understand. I'm not getting my hopes up too bad because I know with some, it's, it's, it's a buildup for a person to reject someone as well. It can be difficult. Oh. So I'm not. Le- I'm leaving. Spa- oh. I'm leaving space for that as well. Ooh. But can- she said she wanted to connect. Oh man, that's a tricky predicament. To I be know. In. That's where my I life feel is. for yeah. you. Yeah, but I'm good. As as I just shared, I'm getting over my fear, and I was able to send that text because I was nervous. I was sweat. Oh, I had sp- like I had three because I'm a sweater. I sweat like something oh, awful. Oh, I've seen your pits before. And, <laughs> I had like three <laughs> paper towels in there. And oh, I was like, <laughs> come on. No one wants to hear about it's that. gross. See, that's a fear that I could never get over. If there was a girl that I liked and I wanted to send her a message that bold, I honestly don't think, unless that- we're already past that phase of that, you know, ice breaking, we're already intimate. Obviously, I'd send a text like that then. Right. But as a... Getting into a relationship, <laughs> that's know. bold. Maybe it was too much. No, 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 no. I don't think I don't that I don't think that's to... too much. Again, you didn't get a rejection no. per se. And again, I'm a weird and outgoing person. And so it is really I'm being it's really just me and how mm. I am. So it is like if you can't handle it, I'm cool with that. But yeah. it is me. I am very loud and that was part of my problem with my former partner, who is still awesome, but she I was just I'm very big. I'm 6'3", I'm 200 pounds, I talk with my hands, I have a big, loud, booming voice. I have lots of Latin friends, and they've taught me to just be loud. And so I am. And honestly, it's, it's worked for you pretty well. I mean, yeah, I've done very well, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another thing that I'm really scared of, yes. though, uh, is, is social media. Especially when you tweet something Why? that... Oh, uh, tweet something. Or it's not even called a tweet anymore. When you post something on X, let's just call it tweeting. It's in the 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 the. the, the <laughs> still Twitter dot com. What's the word? Oh wait, let me. What's that word I'm looking for, Amir? It's too bad that it was misrepresented. Mis- re- <laughs> Son of a. <laughs> it's too bad that it was misrepresented. Misrepresented. Yes. I can say it now. Good job. Sorry, I interrupted you. Um. One thing you should never Dialect. post about yes. is Taylor Swift. Why? What? So I'm going to read the tweet that I put out, and the world came at me. Because a lot of people are in trouble because people tweet about the speedy seamstress constantly. Yeah, and she's coming to town. She's coming to Vancouver, so obviously everyone's going crazy trying to get tickets. And this is what I tweeted. So many people who complain about affordability in Vancouver are desperate for Taylor Swift tickets like they're not dealing with crippling debt. Does anyone else have similar observations? So from that tweet, okay. I got people saying that I'm poor shaming and that, what, poor people can't have fun? Someone even compared getting Taylor Swift tickets to being the new avocado toast. You know what that <laughs> means? Like, <laughs> Yes, I do. It's stupid. Who said that? Uh, was it an older person? No, it was a younger person. Oh, it was person. a younger person? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's um, funny. Okay. No, that's ridiculous. But- what was the ongoing theme then that you hate poor dude? You're the poor one of the poorest yeah, people I know. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm like I'm really close to the red line right now. So I don't know if people think that I'm that I'm wealthy, but I'm not. Uh, so that was one of the themes. Was like what poor people can't have fun. 
they, again, they thought it was poor shaming. Okay. Uh, some people were making the point that, oh, wow, I'm going to get, you know, Taylor Swift tickets. That means I can't afford a house now. You know, drawing up this really silly math. That's not what I'm saying. I wasn't saying that, what, oh, you're buying Taylor Swift tickets. Suddenly you're, you're not going to be able to afford a house. I was just saying we often had that conversation about how it's hard to afford things in the city. Yes. So you've done articles with me about living off twenty one hundred dollars and seventy or twenty one seventy five a month. Exactly. The yeah. only point I was trying to make was maybe we should put our money into other things. And then again, people were saying, "Oh, one night's not gonna." You know, it's true. One night's probably not gonna be the, be the thing that makes you without a home or something like that. But it was just for the point of conversation and yeah. actually created quite a bit of engagement, which is interesting. Well, it got me thinking about you know things I waste money on, mm. uh, the little money I have that I can waste, and what. I do go into debt on and I don't think I would go into any amount of debt for any concert but I understand that these crazy nutballs are really big fans which is fine too but you're crazy you're crazy you're crazy yeah I, and I think I would make the point that Swifties might be the craziest fan base that's out there oh absolutely not you want to you want to fight I want to fight you about it right now okay, who's worse who's sports worse than bros NFL oh, sports bros and it's been proven since the only person I know in this conversation is Taylor Swift, which tells you a lot. Right. What's the sports bro's name that Taylor Swift's dating? Uh, Kelsey. Kelsey. Are they still dating? I think so. Okay. So how much we know about Someone wrote a parody celebrities. breakup song for them, though. It was oh. called The 50-Yard Line. <laughs> it was really, really, really funny. So there was there something about sports bros that got in the mix with the two of them or something? Or Well, no. I'm ju- What I'm trying to say is mm. that sports... You see a lot of the time, especially since, since yes, to your reference, since they got together, there's been a lot of, you know, Swifties, Swifty fans, uh, the Speedy Seamstress. They're like, oh, Taylor fan, Taylor Swift made Ryan Kelsey famous. Uh, Ryan, I think that I'm saying it right. Ryan Kelsey. Sure. And sports bros got really offended by it, saying that, no, you know, he, he's really well known. People know him. It's like, well, no, actually, bros, outside of America, absolutely nobody knows who this bro- this guy is. Yeah, there's no chance nobody more does. people know him than Taylor Swift. No, everybody knows who's, it's like BTS. Everybody yeah. knows who BTS, I don't care if you're a fan, trust me. Your football boy is not that well known around the world. I definitely didn't know him before the Taylor no, Swift. Started. No, no. Apparently he's really w- good, but that's great. But it was so it was during that this union of worlds where a lot of these guys were like all oh, these Swifties are crazy and and they pointed out different videos where Swifties will run in a circle as a tradition before these movies or mm. these screenings of things. They're crazy teenage girls that love the music it's it's the same thing in every generation the girls that scream for the beatles it was the same thing or the young people i shouldn't say girls the young people yeah because it's young people for sure but you see these sports bros i mean come on they have the same traditions tailgating before the game where they eat it's just it's just manifests in different way i've watched this a hockey fan that this fan of hockey it's the rangers and it's like they won something and it's like 25, and the guy's breaking down and crying oh, like yeah. his baby was just okay. born. Okay. Like, it's the, the emotion is, it's the exact same level as the Swifties. And so I don't think that we should be pooping on it unless we are making the comparison and understand that they're not the craziest fans. They're just a bunch of rabid music fans, you which are what? the same thing. It's the uh, same thing. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's, I, think, I think, I think you're right. I think the sports oh, okay. fans are maybe a little bit worse. 
And like when you started talking about sports and uh, I guess the obsession with them, it made me think of, you know, you hear those stories about like the kids, a little league game where the parents are going after each other because a referee mm, made a, a mm. bad call or something. I think there's been cases where people have died because of this. Really? Stuff. When the uh, Canucks went to, uh-huh. to the, the finals and they lost and the riots and stuff like that. Oh, right. Yes. I remember the following year I lived with somebody who uh, was a big Canucks fan. And everybody was hoping that, you know, the year after they didn't win the cup, they would win the cup. Instead, they got eliminated in the first round. Anyway, when they got eliminated, this uh, roommate of mine, who I wasn't really a good friend with, but I knew that he was a massive sports fan and I kind of knew him. He honestly went into a depression for like the next month and like a really dark depression, like having dark thoughts because the Canucks had lost. So I don't understand the, yeah, the sort of dedication that that, we have. But that emotional investment is the mm. same thing again it's just manifesting differently like i've seen that too because most of my friends are women because i was raised by women and a lot of the boyfriends where i make friends at work it's usually with women and their boyfriends they tell these stories are like they want to incorporate the, the major league baseball into their wedding oh, and no. they cry at like the speech during the baseball part not the part about the wife like the emotional investment it's just so much it's also the prioritizing that over you know maybe again more important things in your life honestly after that yeah, that yeah. year with the, the riots and stuff like that i stopped being i think i was on oh. that bandwagon before of being yeah. like a really intense fan but after that all happened it sort of put things into perspective like huh. i do i want to be this close to this thing that really doesn't affect my life all that much in any real no, significant no. way at all well, and two people are screaming like, "Oh, you're paying twenty Some people are paying twenty five thousand dollars for a Swifty ticket just for one show. It's like that happens every year at the Super Bowl. Every single year, people pay exorbitant prices mm-hmm. for tickets for things. And again, same thing. So, sports fans are Swifties, bros. Get over it. Yeah. And uh, don't make fun of them. And it really frustrates me too when they get so angry at these young people. It's like they're just these these young people are really just in so much joy. They're euphoric with joy. Without the use of substance. Mm. And everybody's pooping on them? Like, get a life. Yeah, and that puts my tweet into perspective, too. I'm sorry. It was just a tweet. I, <laughs> I'm not, I don't hate poor people, just so you know. I do. Ooh. Get some money. So Come you, on. You hate yourself? No, then? I hate being poor. <laughs> that's that's what I hate. Oh, by the Sucks. way. Yeah, what? Happy happy Dollywall. <laughs> Is it Dollywall? It's Diwali. Diwali. You're not going to be seeing Oh my god, this? dude, I just did it again. I thought you were oh saying the actual god. thing. <laughs> oh no. You're not going to be seeing this when it is Diwali, but this weekend is when Diwali takes place. Oh, is that racist? No. Is that offensive? I'm not offended by your error, uh, the error that you've made in the past. <laughs> Similar error. I said happy Dollywall for a uh, reason. Oh, so I went, it was like the first time I hosted a national radio show. Oh. And it was Diwali. National. National. All across Canada. There was like seven or nine markets. Seven or eight countries. <laughs> Fourteen universal cities in the galaxy. The pressure was probably on. It was. Very oh, yeah, very much so. Oh. And before I went on, I was reminiscing and talking about Rick Dollywall, <laughs> who I had worked with at Sportsnet 650 when we launched. And I, he was just in my head. And I walked in and I was like, okay, here we go gonna do the show gonna crack the mic everybody's pumped everybody's amped i turn it on and the first thing i say is happy dolly wall oh and not happy diwali 
And it was like the next 10 or 15 minutes of my first time. It, the phone boards lit up. <laughs> and I just got torn up and down. Everybody laughed at me. No one was offended. It's it's just a, it's a, it was a mistake. It was a slip hey, of the tongue. They do sound similar. They, they do. They start with a D. And that's similar enough for my brain to be like, I can mix these words up. And so, yeah. But it wasn't offensive. And that's yeah. all that matters. Because I have been. I've, You know, it's funny. I was reminiscing over this the other day, the last time I was racist. <laughs> or one of the last times like I was actually racist. actually racist? I'm not even joking. Yeah, wow. no. Like, the, it fitting the stereotype. And it was a couple years ago during a Black Lives Matter, of all places, a Black Lives Matter protest. And mm. I saw a young lady that was just so beautiful that honestly she took my breath away she was gorgeous everything about her she was tall she was she had no hair mm. beautiful skin <laughs> and i saw her and i was like oh i want to hear what she had to say and a uh, man boy jordan armstrong from global news in vancouver was interviewing her mm-hmm. and i just got closer i want to hear what she said because she was an organizer and, I, heard, and I, I was like oh she doesn't have an african accent oh. i thought to myself which i'm thinking it was because of her look she was tall, bald head. I stereotypically thought, you know, she had a look of someone that would st- typically be from Africa. And so that was, yeah, that was one of the last times I was like a, f- a racist. I stereotyped someone. And so I stood, stood back. I was like, okay, yo, that's not okay. You know, people look the way they look. <laughs> it's stupid. Anyways, yeah. And yeah, it didn't come from like ne- necessarily not at a, all. a bad place. It but... came from a very good place in my mind. But yeah, that's not an excuse. And I think a lot of people no, do that. Hundred percent. And not not not. I'm saying you're no, in, no, intending to, it's to all good. do that. But a lot of people uh, sort of say things lightly and mm. maybe in a joking way, and they expect the person who's maybe a person of color who they're speaking this joke or lighthearted thing to that might be something stereo something that would stereotype them. It's not an excuse that it's okay because it's not okay. It's just I think some people f- forget to take that extra thought before they say something. I mean, I've done it too sure. uh, as a brown person. And I mean, I didn't bring up Happy Dollywall to roast Eric, but we've thought about this segment for a long time called The Brown Table, where we just talk about not just brown issues, but issues that you know impact people of color, uh, maybe things that we don't talk about very much. I think I came from a place in my life where, yeah, I was raised in a brown household with Muslim parents and stuff like that, but I, like, escaped that in my early 20s, and uh, a lot of people have called me a coconut. Why? I mean, you can probably get the comparison. The coconut is, you know, brown on the outside and white on the inside, and I don't really look oh, at it that way. Okay, okay. You know, I didn't know that. And you, I just got that. Yeah. And some sometimes Asian people are called bananas for the sim, for a similar reason. Really? And I think it's uh, almost like a not really an insult, but a criticism of someone like me who maybe doesn't embody traditional values of, say, a, a brown person from you know a Muslim culture or a, a Hindustani culture like I'm from. Uh, I don't really care about a lot of that stuff, but I don't think Still. that makes me any less brown. Uh, I do no. have a lot of pride about my my past and you know my roots. I know Hindi. I don't use it very often. Do you really? Mm-hmm. It's funny because when you speak it, your accent. Uh, I you, like if you were to speak, I'm yeah. like, whoa, your accent is really on point for man. sure. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I actually read something about that. That like uh, the first languages you learn kind of stick with you forever, almost as if like you're riding a bike. And yep. I was I was taught that alongside English growing up. Oh wow, um, brothers too, <laughs> whole family. Whole family, yeah. yeah. My, okay. my my older brothers, you we would have talked to our grandparents uh, using Hindi, um, but yeah, I've just always found that interesting, and I've always thought that the perspective from someone like me who has kind of 
I don't know, ran away from that culture. I've been able to look at it more objectively. When, um, when you say escape, did you do it alone? Were, th- were there other people in your life that were feeling the same? No, that's what made it harder. So I'll tell the story, actually. When I was in my early 20s, uh, I moved out. And in at least my kind of culture of brown, moving out at the age that I moved at, out at is kind of frowned upon. Yeah, yeah. Parents... Uh, they, they expect their kids, at least again in my culture, to stay with them and when they get married to live very close to the family. Okay, can we just get really quick, your culture means what is your, well, like you're brown, yes, but there's a lot to that. Yeah, what, what's your Fijian, culture? Indian, okay. yep. uh, I have roots in India, my parents are from Fiji though. So um, sla- you have a, your family's slave trade history then? Definitely. Being from Fiji. Yeah, wow, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, I guess not just then. But yeah. Like we would grow up watching Bollywood and stuff like that. So a lot of the values you see in like Bollywood movies would be sort of the, the way that I, I grew up. The same sort of weddings and that kind of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, in my early 20s, I was kind of fed up with it and I just wanted to leave. And there was a lot of pressure for a religion and I was kind of forced into it. And I didn't want to be. So it got to a point where I just I had to essentially run away. Where'd you go? Uh, me and my best friend moved in together downtown. Okay. So we, I left the house. And I remember I waited a week before I was moving to tell my parents because I knew if I went any longer than that, there would have been a lot of ongoing pressure and talks about maybe not moving out. So I brought it up a week before, and I had to have my brother and sister-in-law there as a buffer just because I was honestly scared to tell my parents. I bet. Yeah, yeah. And uh, as soon as I said it, my mom started breaking down into tears because it's, again, this this weird thing. There's like a taboo around it almost. And I moved out. It was all great. And I think like a couple weeks to a month later, I wrote a letter back home saying all of the things that I've wanted to say for all those 21, 22 years that I never said. Oh, bro. Like this is what the being forced into religion did to me. This is what so-and-so did to me. It's taken a massive impact on my mental health. Uh, it spoke about, you know, how shitty my dad was. I don't think she ever showed my dad this letter because I think she was scared to show my dad. But, um, yeah, that's when I let it all out. And I honestly cut off contact with my family from that point for, like, I want to see a year or two. All family? Uh, I still talk to my brother and some of my cousins. But other than that, I didn't speak to my mom for a couple of years. Definitely didn't speak to my dad. Uh, And then we finally had a reunion, yeah, again, a couple of years later. And I think they realized that having me in any form was better than not having me at all. So they, I think, at that point accepted that I didn't care about any of this shit anymore. I mean, that's good enough for the you know the type of you know culture they come from like in in the with their what you're saying with their point of view like that acceptance it's maybe not enough it should be more but it's it's enough totally yeah and to answer your question yeah i yeah. did do it all alone yeah that's uh, messed up i man. was kind of the brown sheep and one of the reasons i i i um i did it is because of the same reasons why no one else is leaving is because a lot of people ascribe to the religion and like at face value will show others in the community that, hey, th- I'm still you know a part of this. I am a-, a good Muslim or whatever. But then behind the scenes, everyone drinks and smokes weed, and those are things that you're not supposed to be doing. Right. So why hold on to this thing that makes what you're doing wrong and just be your true self and live your true life without hiding behind this veil and offending other people by you know escaping it? Who cares? Because well, religious guilt is some of the worst guilt too. So you, oh, yeah. yeah, that's that was really insightful right there. What you said, just how you're putting that on yourself, mm-hmm. and it's all you, and it's just so unnecessary. Um, what was the, I'm just thinking about you, like the name that they use in living in those two worlds of you know you're a very you're a you're a good guitar player. You sing. You like folky music. You're into like as someone would say, typically white mm. things, which mm-hmm. I hate too because I was actually watching this. I followed this girl on Instagram and she's a black woman 
And she's like, I don't care what anybody says. I love hiking. You call me white all day. Oh, and she yeah. does all typical, you know, yoga, even Vancouver, typical white. And she's like, and that is so fucking sad that someone has to get over that hump just to do something they like as simple as hiking and wearing Lululemon. And yeah. that sucks. So I'm just thinking about you and in that world, like, what was that like? Yeah, I mean, for many years when I was in my early 20s, I was literally at many shows, the only brown guy at the rock concert, you know? Right, you would have been. Uh, and I mean, I... The brown guy at the rock show, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, for sure. I honestly kind of think that I'm, I'm proud of, of, of that, you know, maybe breaking some molds. Uh, Totes, good for you, yeah. When I was in high school, a lot of the brown kids that I went to school with, they adopted a different type of man mentality, which also society has kind of stereotyped against certain brown people because of the way they dress or the way they act. Yep. Um, the brown gangster, let's call them. Um, so yeah, in my high school, there was a lot of people in that world. I'm, I'd much rather be in the world that I'm, that I am in now. Um, but yeah, I, I, I hope that other people who maybe are stuck in that world because i know there's a lot of them Well, that's what i was going to say what would you say to someone that is in that world it's like being the good muslim and like whoa i got to get out of this i want to get out so bad yeah i mean it's up to you i guess to decide whether pleasing others is more important or is being your true self you know really what you want to do yeah anyway yeah um, well that's the brown table i like that segment let's keep that going all right cool, cool. all we right we actually have a brown table nearby too so yeah it's right it's right over here oh, it's right there. Yeah. uh but um yeah some real real shit what do you want to talk about next week eric oh uh let's oh, let's talk about the tiniest man in hollywood <laughs>